and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener, the podcast about all things planty. From flowers and fruits to succulents and sowing microgreens, we cover a whole host of topics with some of your favourite people across the gardening world. This one's for those who prefer plants to people and think of their seedlings as their children. This episode is sponsored by Mole Valley Farmers, who are celebrating the great outdoors this spring. Visit them in stores across the UK or online at moleonline.com between the 1st of March and 31st of May to make the most of their fabulous offers. You'll find discounts on items like sheds, garden furniture and all of those gardening essentials. So head over to check out their full product range and get your garden summer ready. For this week's episode, I chatted to Katrina from Homegrown Garden and we just had the loveliest evening. We talked about her incredible allotment site, which is the oldest in Europe, our shed renovations, red ants and the things that we're really excited for this year. I hope you enjoy. Hi Katrina, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for being here. I am super excited to chat to you. I feel like you must have been one of the first people that I followed, like back when I started my little Instagram journey, oh, maybe like no three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I feel very honoured. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you have probably one of the most amazing allotment sites in UK the world I don't think I've ever seen one cooler um, can you tell us a bit about your actual allotment site and your little plot yeah it is a very special place um, so it's called St Anne's allotments and it's right in the heart of Nottingham city centre literally you can see the the big buildings like from that site it's about half a mile away and it's thought to be the biggest and the oldest allotment site in Europe Um, Yeah, (laughs) it's huge. Um, And there's about 750 plots, I think. Each one is hedged. It's all very private. Um, It's like your own little space. And yeah, there's just hundreds of them. And you can get absolutely lost in this allotment site. (laughs) Um, Not many people perhaps realise that Nottingham is actually quite a hilly place as well. So unlike a lot of allotment sites where it's all on a big flat plain field where you can see everything, you know, um, it's incredibly hilly. (laughs) So you never quite know what's going to be over the next hill or down the dip. And there's all these sort of like hidden passageways and it's just so, so green. There's so many hedges and trees. It's like this enormous sort of secret garden in the centre of Nottingham and nobody really knows it's there unless you have a plot there you know even those living just down the road don't actually know that it's a huge allotment site because it's so hidden <laughs> um, and their yeah. hedges are fascinating as well because I've never seen an allotment plot that's kind of like segregated like that like our hours you have to put your own fence up if you want it to be a fence area but do you yeah. find that that means you don't interact so much with the other people Yes and no. Um, I mean, I know my neighbours and, you know, we make a point of saying hello and and stopping at the gates or going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you definitely don't have that sort of chat over the fence that you guys might have at a sort of typical kind of allotment. Um, or people will tend to have walks because it's a nice place where you'd go for a mm. walk or you walk your dogs. And then you, you quite often see people sort of chatting on the little um, the little roadsides. Um and we also do have events throughout the year. Very cool. Um, so it's definitely still very social. I guess it's just in a sort of different and perhaps more purposeful way. Yeah. Uh, if that makes any sense. But yeah, the hedges, they, they bring so much to the allotment site because, you know, not only is it really private, but the amount of wildlife there. And <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. The amount of birds that we get. Um yeah it's it's a really special place and it just makes it feel so much more enclosed and private and your own you know definitely it feels like a proper little secret garden and whenever you do your your tour videos like it really feels like a special kind of hidden gem rather than it being Mm. quite an exposed not that the ones that are exposed aren't special too but it really has quite a magical yeah, I mean, it sounds like such a cliche saying the whole secret garden thing and referencing the book, but it it does feel that kind of magic when you're there. And, 
you know, I'd encourage anybody to come and visit the site. They do have sort of open days and tours around some of the more public garden spaces they have because they've got some listed buildings like these um, enormous like glass houses, the original Victorian glass houses there. Wow. Um, and the allotment site itself is grade two listed. And yeah, it's I think it's 34 miles of hedgerow if you lined it all up oh wow that is crazy <laughs> yeah set over I think is it 20 acres I don't know but yeah it is it's vast it is <laughs> how, how tall would you say the hedges are do they make it shady at all or is it quite a little bit I mean it varies um we tend to keep them at about you know five six feet um but I've got one actually on my east side no west side of my allotment um which is actually really tall and much taller than most of the others it's probably easily sort of 10 feet tall um but I do actually have a car park on that side so it gives me the benefit that I actually have a lot more Mm. privacy and security um because there's a fence on either side but um most of them are sort of kept you know at at a good height (laughs) so it doesn't fade out the plots too much um but yeah, no, I love my hedges. <laughs> Just so many benefits to it as well. Like you say, like from the wildlife to the fact that it's a bit of a windbreak and it's not. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, they they really take off the brunt of the wind and um, help protect my crops, essentially. <laughs> and so going right back to the beginning, where did your kind of love of growing things and gardening begin? Not too long ago, really. Um I don't really have that sort of romantic story of growing food with my grandparents or anything like that. I mean, my dad did have a veg plot and he grew the odd spuds, you know, now and then, but I was never really that invested in it. And I didn't really go out and do much to the veg garden that we did have, <laughs> which I kind of take for granted now. Um, but actually it was probably when I went to university and I graduated and I stayed in Nottingham. Nottingham isn't my home city. Um, So we stayed here and I rented a flat with my boyfriend. So that was our first proper home together outside of uni where we met. And after graduation, I don't know if you had the same thing, but I know it's quite common that you sort of get the blues. And (laughs) I was really, really down for quite a while. And it didn't help that I didn't really have a green space to sort of go out into. And I don't know. I I wasn't that invested in gardening before then, but I just really wanted to be outside a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we had a gorgeous flat. I didn't want to move into a house at the time. And I thought, well, an allotment could be a good way to have a little space <laughs> that's outside. And whilst I was at university, I did a photography project. So I studied photography and I actually stumbled upon St Anne's allotments through doing that. I don't know how I got in because it's really secure, but I managed to get in and basically did a bit of photojournalism kind of thing there, meeting people and seeing their plots and started this photography project. So I'd already known about it and um, sort of felt that sort of magic of what a special site it was. So I decided to put my name down for an (laughs) allotment. And fortunately, it was only about six months later. I got my plot so yeah and then it all started from there I guess I just got absolutely obsessed <laughs> before um I don't know it's, it's really had such an amazing comeback hasn't it growing your own and getting allotments and at the time um I would have been 22 23 something like that and um you know that there just weren't that many sort of younger women having allotments <laughs> so um you know um and that's just where it started and I just got obsessed as you do and plant obsessed and um yeah that's just how it all began I guess <laughs> here uh, we are <laughs> I love the stories about people who I always say later in life obviously 23 isn't later in life but I mean I probably did do gardening as a child but I didn't I was 23 when I got my allotment and it wasn't a planned thing I I never even put my name down for it I got given it as a gift and then you oh, kind really? of find this magic and it's like I can't imagine my life without it now but there's so many people and like you say at the time there's not many young women who are into gardening and everyone kind of takes the mick a little bit but now I feel like people look upon it and they're like oh wow that genuinely is 
like an amazing thing to do and yeah honestly the community I'm... as well is just like no other yeah I'm just so glad it's had this resurgence and even with you know covid which was awful but at least people have and a lot of people have now discovered gardening as you know it's great for your mental health and just great to get out there and grow your own food and um no i think it's it's brilliant that so many more people are involved in it now definitely and i think it's funny because everyone says oh i couldn't like that's amazing that you can grow you can grow that and you can grow that like i wouldn't be able to and i'm always like oh but you would and i think half the half the part of gardening is when something fails like we always talk about garden fails yeah. <laughs> and everyone has them and it's just because it doesn't make a pretty feed post on Instagram people think that they don't happen when actually it happens constantly and I try and share as much of it as possible but in that moment I never think oh this would be a good photo for Instagram <laughs> I just yeah. think bloody plant has died again <laughs> yeah no I totally get that and I try and keep um I guess on my YouTube channel is probably where I, I try and show the reality and all of it, you know, the huge mess behind my shed that I've not done and like all the bindweed taking over my strawberry cages, you know, there's, it's never perfect. But that is nature, isn't it? It just kind of takes, takes over. And with you, you've got the battle with the red ants, which I really feel for you. <laughs> oh, the red ants. Yes. My arch nemesis. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I, I garden organically and I'd never have any intention of killing so-called pests you know um but the ants <laughs> yeah basically um my allotment is on top of one giant ant nest I think um red ant nest so yeah if you're not familiar our red ants are little feisty demons um that bite you and they hurt and they are um yeah they're they're vicious <laughs> and yeah I think I'm probably never more than a meter away from a nest and it just means that practically you know when I'm working on the soil or planting out I'm always scanning the soil like where are the ants are they near me and it, it means yeah I'm that person that wears wellies in the middle of summer when it's 30 degrees because I learned that ants can't climb rubber so they can't hey, get really my... yeah <laughs> that's why so um <laughs> Yeah, they can't bite my ankles if I wear wellies. So, um, yeah, I've just had this problem for a few years now. And it's just got to the point where I can't relax there. Um, I can't really bring my nephews, my young nephews mm. there, because, you know, it, if the ants got onto them, they'd start crying and it would be awful. And so I've just, yeah, I've got to do something about them. <laughs> Yeah. And I've been trying. I've tried a few different methods. Um, a lot of people recommended diatomaceous earth. Have you heard yeah. of that? Um, so I put that on a few of the ants' nests. Um, but obviously, if it gets wet, then it washes away. And that didn't really work. Um, the boiling water method doesn't really work because I can only boil about two cups of water at a time. <laughs> yeah. And I've probably got, like I say, probably about 50 nests to do. I don't know. Um, so yeah the next solution i think um a lot of people in america actually recommended um this borax solution oh okay um which isn't toxic to things like birds or other things up the food chain um and you can make like a special either a little tiny bait trap that attracts the ants and then basically you mix this borax with what did i say what did i read um honey hot water and a bit of sugar and dissolve it all together and then you can either spray them or make a little trap mm -hmm. and then it will lure them over and they take it all down into the nest which is key because obviously what you see on an ant's nest is just the surface and yeah. it's all on the ground and that's what you've really got to get at so um it sounds horrible I can't believe I'm saying all this <laughs> my wildlife garden oh here I am kill the ants kill the ants <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll try that method anyway next and see if it does anything because yeah, it's, um, I'm getting to the end of my tether with the ants. Mm, I really hope it works. Mm. I know that it's not very nice, but I think everyone has that, like, I'm fine with pretty much all pests and I don't even mind the slugs on mm. like eating stuff. It's the slugs to touch if I accidentally touch. Oh slug. yeah. <laughs> it is the worst. <laughs> I'm not too bad with like the creepy crawlies and things. Yeah. Um, 
strangely it's daddy long legs that freak me out <laughs> they are quite mysterious they're, aren't they they're, they're just gangly and unpredictable mm. and um, but I think that all comes from <laughs> trauma when I had a <laughs> I had a paper round when I was about 12, right? And it was a ridiculously windy Sunday, the sort of wind that you could like literally force yourself into, like walk <laughs> forward at a real severe angle and still be upright, you know. And um, yeah, a, a Danny Langlings got caught in the wind and went right into my face. And I was just like, <laughs> trying to swipe it off. So um, yeah, that's forever been imprinted, imprinted in my brain. And um, sounds like a bad memory. Yeah, they're the main one that just kind of give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> but there's so many other lovely, like, different insects and things that I probably three years ago would have been terrified of. But now I just I like to kind of observe everything that's about, especially the worms. Like, who knew that I would be obsessed with worms yeah. at the age of 26? <laughs> you got a wormery now, right? Yeah, yeah, a little worm farm. I keep it in my greenhouse at the moment. It's probably going to go. have to go outside soon because it's getting quite hot. Mm, yeah I've got my wormery yeah it's just quite like a fun like exciting thing to watch and the babies love it they're like can we see the worms can we feed the worms (laughs) oh bless yeah I um I was just listening to your podcast actually the day with um Anna from the urban world oh yeah yeah fun fact she used to live next door to me no way (laughs) literally the flat next door it was this very surreal moment when she'd moved in and it was months later and we'd never met her we're like who lives next door I don't know I've not seen them and I was going out of the door and she'd gone to collect some post or something it was just like oh oh it's you I was like I follow your Instagram it's like oh my god (laughs) that's crazy really bizarre moment but so yeah she's moved out since a few years ago Mm. but um no, yeah, she's a wonderful woman. She is wonderful. I love watching, um, like, the the thousand worm farmers spreading has just been the most fun thing to watch because I'm sure that when I got mine, I was maybe, like, near the 100th of the 1,000. And then I got about, like, friends, 10 different friends and family and schools and the office and things mm. to have some. And now I think they're even nearly all gone or all gone. Like, I imagine they are. It's gone wild. I was driving to work and I had just Radio 2 on and um, Zoe Ball was talking about her and I was just like, oh my God, she's on Radio 2. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's been on ITV. She was in The Guardian a little while ago. Yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We love Anna. Um, So a big topic that we obviously have to talk about because we both have a shared passion for sheds. <laughs> <laughs> so much shed love. Love the sheds. And I love watching people's process of it as well because you get... I think there's like two camps of shed people on Instagram. You've got the people whose shed is like a, you know, like an understair cupboard where everything kind of gets shoved in. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the people that have like these kind of luxe sheds where it's very practical, very aesthetic, but just you can actually see everything in the shed. Mm. Um, we obviously fall into the practical, organised shed category. Well, I say that my shed is very often... <laughs> not organized but it, yeah well it mine kind of it. slides it kind of slides from the practical to the oh it's getting a bit messy now and then I'm like what? yeah everything back um but yes um I mean I've had my shed since I got the allotment it was the first sort of structure we put up in December 2014 mm-hmm. um it was second hand when I bought it um and it's a red cedar wood shed it's got like a little porch and it's great because it means I can stand outside even when it's raining and still enjoy a cup of tea and stay dry. I, I love that it's got a little porch. <laughs> it's so cute. And have you found that it's stayed like dead sturdy the whole time? Have you had to do Yeah. Oh God, the roof, is, the roof is so heavy. It's, it's really solid like cedar wood. I don't know if it's a heavy wood or what, but the roof, yeah, <laughs> it's very dense. Um, yeah, it's been pretty sound, although... Just the other month, I actually noticed the roof is actually leaking a little bit now. Oh, no. So, um, yes, I'm now thinking about that in the future and could be an exciting project. That would be a very exciting project. (laughs) You've just completed a very exciting project. Talk me through it. How did you, like, was there a moment where you were like, I just need to, I need to redo the inside or was it kind of, it'd been in your head for a long time? And Yeah, so... um, I just had a moment I was just like you know my shed 
when you get your allotment and you get your shed and you don't quite fall into a pattern or a rhythm or or know how you're going to be working or using the space sort of mm. straight away um so it was just a tool shed you know a place to chuck the tools and sometimes I did some vlogs in there um you know when it was raining or whatever and it used to look semi-organized a little bit I want to say kitsch I had like a like a cupboard thing in it mm-hmm. um and some bits and pieces on the wall that made it look kind of homely I guess because I used it as a space and not just not just a place to chuck the tools um but I realized I wanted it to become a potting shed mm-hmm. and I wanted much more organization because I realized you know if I, if I needed to weed the strawberry cage say and I needed my hori hori um to do that job if I can't find my hori hori I'm not going to weed that strawberry patch <laughs> and it's just going to get worse So, um, yeah, I really wanted to get a load of organization in there so that I could see my tools and therefore use the tools to do the jobs and just be hopefully so much more sort of organized. Mm -hmm. So that was the intention. So, um, yeah, I looked at a load of YouTube videos to see what other people had done and get a load of tips and advice on, you know, storage solutions and stuff like that. Um, And a lot of these videos are actually quite American. <laughs> I quickly mm. realized that not many people have sort of done what, you know, it's a very small space, our sheds, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> you know, six by six, eight by six. You don't get much room to play with, really. And these videos that I was watching on, you know, in American tutorials, they're all like huge workshops, you know, like, you know, <laughs> 12 meters long by five meters wide and it's like oh yeah that'd be great if um if I had that kind of space (laughs) so I just took a little bit of here and there and sort of come up with what I've got now which is um so much more organized um I've basically got a whole wall at the back which is dedicated to the tools with my pegboard uh, which means I can see all my tools and I know where they are and I can pick them up and put them down as I need to and I think that's been one of the the biggest sort of changes in the way that I work Um, Mm -hmm. and I've also got a really nice potting bench on the side which overlooks my little wildlife corner Uh, I've got quite a lot of glass windows in my shed um, which makes it quite bright and it means I can see out so I wanted to sort of take advantage of this view that looks through the sort of apple tree and towards my bird bath so it's quite nice because I, I wanted to be able to pot on my seedlings and you know just sort of relax in the shed doing that um, looking out into the wildlife so um, yeah I've actually started using that now for that purpose in the last few weeks and it's been amazing. Yeah, it does look so beautiful in there. And did I see you've got a um, a rechargeable light recently as well? So when, oh like, my God. <laughs> when yeah. it gets a bit dark. Oh, yeah. And not just when it gets dark. I only realised the other day how useful it is just for doing your seedlings because obviously mm-hmm. the compost is really dark. And for the really tiny seeds, it's hard to know where you're putting them sometimes. So mm-hmm. I was dibbing the holes and I was like, hang on a minute, I could put my overhead light on here. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that and it just gave me so much more precision, you know? Amazing. Um, yeah that was that was great and that little light I mean it's brilliant because you can uh, it's magnetic as well so I really put it into my polytunnel and it will attach to the metal beam so yeah all these little things that bring me so much joy it's really sad (laughs) no I think it's the little things that make it and people sometimes say to me that like some of the stuff I've got in the shed is a bit unnecessary and I completely get that it's unnecessary but I probably spend more time in my mine's like a shed greenhouse it's not just a shed and it is slightly bigger than a typical shed I guess but I spend more time there than I do in my own home this is it you've got to make it yours yeah 100% and I was like yeah I probably am wasting a bit of time that I should be spending on the plants in doing up the shed but (laughs) it's brought me so much joy and yes the plants bring joy too and I love the plants too but in the winter I did mine as like a winter project because it was the depths of winter and I was like I just want somewhere that I can still come to the allotment even if it's absolute torrential downpour yeah and I can still crack on and get things done and so we did it up over the winter me and my brother had so much fun doing it and like customizing it to be what we wanted and like you said when I my first allotment didn't have a shed then when I got this allotment with the shed already in it it didn't have any table space or anything it was just kind of Mm. like the beds around the edge and then a bit of flooring 
but when I first started putting stuff in there I didn't really know how I was going to use it because I'd never had one mm. before and I didn't know what I was going to need and things like that so I'm glad I waited like a year and a half to get to know the space and how I worked and then yeah kind of created it to fit around my way of working like yeah, one definitely. of the most important features for me is the tea station because <laughs> I make a oh, lot of tea absolutely no definitely that's one of the priorities you've got to get that in quick <laughs> definitely and anyone who doesn't already have a camping stove at the allotment I would recommend getting one ASAP oh you know what I've been converted I used to have a camping stove this is way cooler isn't it well it's um well it's called the Kelly kettle but other Mm. brands are available and um basically what I realized with camping stoves is that in the depths of winter when it's freezing cold and you really want that cup of tea the gas stove doesn't always work below five degrees oh really yeah and well mine didn't perhaps perhaps it was just mine um so this little kelly kettle basically you um you burn little pieces of wood um and it's like a tiny little chimney kettle so you make a small fire in the bottom and then you fill it with water and it very quickly boils it mm-hmm. and um you don't waste like gas canisters um it works in the freezing cold does it really quickly and um, yeah, so I've been converted now. I've I've said goodbye to my little gas stove, <laughs> although I do actually still have it as a backup just in case. Mm. Um, but yes, so that's my my new bit of kit actually. That sounds really cool. I'm gonna have to mm. look this up. Yeah, it's great because then you can also take it if you go camping or anywhere, mm. um, and you haven't got to rely on gas canisters. Do so, you do? Yeah. Can you do any like other cooking in it, or is it just for like yeah. water? Yeah, so it comes with other accessories. There's different sizes you can get, and you can get like a little um, stove thing, basically. I've made soup mm-hmm. on it before. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just use the heat from the little fire in the bottom. Um, and yeah, you can heat all sorts. I've just Googled it, and that looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, you can even add like a tiny little frying pan on it. Yeah. Um, it, it, I will admit, it takes a little bit of practice, mm-hmm. um, a bit of getting used to, especially if you've not really sort of lit many small fires before, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting the right sort of kindling together and then putting it all t- together to boil it. Uh, takes a bit of practice, but once you've nailed it, um, yeah, it's a brilliant bit of kit quite a nifty little contraption as well the camping stove the, the gas canisters is what annoys me because yeah it's, they run out quite quickly and then it feels like a lot of waste yeah exactly yeah so this you can just you know it's very eco-friendly this one so love it that's going yeah, on no. my shopping list <laughs> um so when you were planning your shed obviously the tools was kind of like the big big part for you was there anything else that you were like this is a must-have like feature um I guess the potting shed but I think for me it was just about making the most of the vertical space as well Mm. such as and finding practical solutions for things like storing a ladder um yes you know I didn't want it just propped in a corner where it you know other things are going to get cramped around it and then I'm not going to be able to take it out because of all the other stuff you know so just putting like a little peg hook on the wall which sounds really simple (laughs) but it it just made sense you know just to actually give time to think about these kind of things Mm. to make life so much easier in the long run um but yeah my potting bench was definitely another one and just thinking practically about how I work one of the really simple things I did was um I put some little wire baskets on the left side of the bench and that's got different size balls of string like thick twine and tying in twine and I have the string coming through the wire basket. So I just pull it underneath. And then on the right hand side, I've got my scissors when I'm right handed. So I grab the scissors and cut the string. And it's just, I don't know, just having this sort of process as I'm working with everything where it should be that makes my life easier. It just, it just feels really good. <laughs> really satisfying. The string thing as well. That string is something that's always just wound me up and stresses me out. Yeah. I just put mine in a big funnel and it comes out the bottom so I've got like a big ball of string in a funnel and it's hung just above me and again I have the scissors on the right side to cut it Mm. and then I just pull a little bit out snip it pull a little bit out snip it and it's amazing it It makes so much sense doesn't it and to have it above your head that's another good thing like you know I want to make the most of the space so I put a long bit of three by two um, running from length 
through the length of the shed and it rests on some sort of beams. So I just put in some screw hooks so I can hang things from it above your head. And it's yeah. just you know, just making the most of the space as you can, really. Those screw hooks are amazing as well because they just work for so many different things and so mm. many different sizes. I have them kind of here, there and everywhere. And I feel like when I started putting them in, I was just putting them in where they where they looked like they would work best. <laughs> yeah. But now I will go to hang something up and I there's nothing where I've naturally gone to hang it. So mm. like where I naturally go to hang up my coat, there wasn't a hook. So I've screwed a hook in and been like, yeah. that makes so much sense. Yeah, this is it. On like uh, my keys is another one. Like I'm yeah. Sure I used to be putting my keys down either in the polytunnel or on a rock near the door. And I'm like, you know, I need a place where these permanently live because you don't want to be caught in some horrible situation and, you, you know, you need your keys really quick and you don't know where you drop them. So, uh, yeah, I've got a key hook and it just it just makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Definitely. And you, you think it's such a tiny thing, but it does make a massive difference. Yeah, there's nothing worse than scrambling in the dark, trying to find your keys, you know, when the sun's starting to go down. <laughs> 100%. I actually um, had to take the key. Someone locked, I say someone. My brother lost my shed key and then loads of people were trying to get into the shed. Like never, ever has anyone ever messaged me <laughs> saying is the shed key at, like at the allotment. And within like the 24 hours that I was like out of town for the day, four people had messaged me to ask me where the shed key was because they'd all gone down to the allotment. What? <laughs> I, like on this one day that I wasn't around and I was like, I don't know where it is. And they were all kicking off to me. Whereas now the key always goes on the hook. It always comes off the hook and I leave Mm. rather than it being a case of uh, someone has put it down somewhere. I might even get a little labeler so that everyone knows that that (laughs) is the key hook. Oh, that's that's another thing I could talk for ages about, labeling. (laughs) Have you got uh, one of those like indenting labelers? Yeah, the Dymo little label embossing thing. Yeah, I love it. I've not actually used that in the shed. Wow, you just gave me a great idea. Definitely. I it, that just came to me as I said doing the labels because um mum got one for her kitchen a few months back and we were sewing pumpkin seeds with the babies on the weekend mm. and she said she couldn't find any labels and then she was like, Oh, I'll just get the labeler out. And we printed these absolutely stunning labels of like she was like, What's that one called? I was like, This is a tromboncino them. <laughs> and she was like, mm, what are we calling that then? I was like, we'll just go with Trom, shall we? <laughs> so these things have all got like funny labels where it's like an abbreviation of what it was. Yeah, they are quite worked sometimes too, aren't mm. they? But oh, I've also got a new sort of, um, it's an Ikea hack that I've come across. I say come across, I've not invented it. Basically, there's these <laughs> Ikea storage boxes and I thought, oh my God, they're going to be great for the shed. So um how do I describe it? It's a white storage box, but it's got a slanted side. And you I know exactly what you're talking about. Lift up this flap to get into it without yeah. having to take the whole lid off. So I've stacked two of these together. One's got my seed compost mix in. One's got perlite in it. And the other one's got my sort of multi-purpose kind of compost. So I just get my scoop, lift the flap and, you know, scoop away. That's without such having a good to idea. Lug heavy bags or trays around and um I love it stack vertical storage genius saving space it's great what's your favorite thing in your shed Hmm. I really love the it's not a pegboard wall but it's like the wall and we we basically I lay everything out on this uh I think it's like plywood like Mm -hmm. five millimeter plywood maybe I lay everything out on the plywood outside in kind of like where I thought that I would like to hang it, then drilled holes and put little um, like dowel things in. And then we screwed it onto the wall, hung all the tools up. And what I wanted to do, which I still might, I just haven't quite got to it yet, was I wanted to paint it black with chalk paint and then do the chalk outlines of all the tools. So everything had its very specific home and you, no one would put the tools in the wrong place yeah 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 but I was too excited to hang it up when it was when all the pegs had gone in and so it hasn't been painted yet and it's currently just plain but mm. in the middle it's got my um slate to-do list and it's like Shannon's to-do list or Shannon's to-do list oh, from yeah. Haley's Lofty Haven mm. and then I've got these bee lights that go around the edge I don't even think they work anymore but it just looks beautiful with all the tools yeah. hung up and that wall has just changed everything because 
where everything was kind of like chucked on the floor or on the side it's that vertical storage it's lifted everything up Mm. and it looks nice and I think that I am so much more inclined to keep it tidy yeah it looks nice and it covers up an ugly bit of my sheds built from like 50 other old sheds and so it covers up what is actually like a bit of dodgy DIY on that wall. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you did with the um, the little plant pots along going up in the... You've made use of the vertical space. Oh, the, the plant, plant shelf. On the shelves, yeah. That's in your shed, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this was actually... We were building an insect hotel and we made the frame and we wanted to do this really big insect hotel and I just never really got around to like filling filling it oh the shelf had kind of been a bit empty and then in the storm it like what at what was in there there was one shelf full had been knocked out and all of the stuff had fallen out and I was a bit fed up with it and I was just like it's not going to be an insect hotel because I just don't have the time to commit to filling Mm -hmm. it properly because it's quite a big one and then my brother was down at the allotment and I was like oh do you think that maybe we could hang this in the shed somewhere and for like 10 minutes we were like holding up against different bits of the wall and then it just looked really good where it was. And I was like, this is mouse proof because there's no steps up. Oh my God, yeah. So it's like protected from the rodents that seem to be eating. Like at the time, they were just mm. nibbling everything. Um, and so that is probably another favourite feature. And I probably haven't posted a photo of it, but from Ikea, we got these, um, it's like a rail that we screwed onto the bottom and then it's got little hooks and I hook like other tools underneath it. Ah, that's clever. And then there's hooks down the side that are like for hanging bags and other stuff that's kind of like, it's normally like my handbag when I get in. Um, Mm. So that was a kind of useless bit of wood. And then we just fixed up a little bit and it's, it's been really good. Um, Mm. And it doesn't stop any light getting in. So it's not like it's a big shelf that's kind of like stopping the light coming in that section of the greenhouse either. No, no, it looks great. I love it. Yeah, I really like that one. The other thing that we did, um, which I just went to say it and that's completely left in my head. Um, no, it's gone. <laughs> we did something else that was really cool. Oh, the, the on the mice thing, because that's one of my like a lot of nemesis. I like them, they're really cute. But when they eat my precious larks there all of the time. I was just raging and I, I was like, I'm not putting down bait or traps or anything. I don't want to no. kill them. I just want them to not eat my seedlings. Yeah. Um, and I saw a couple of other people posting about it after I'd done it, but I just put plant pots upside down underneath my trays and they can't climb up because it's like a uphill oh, yeah. slope. Yeah. I haven't eaten anything since. So all of my trays ha- are like on top of upside down plant pots and then on the shelf. And they've touched nothing since. I love it. I love it. I remember one year I had to go to the measures of, I put my seed trays inside, you know, those blue sort of mushroom crates that you oh, get yeah. in markets. Yeah. I had to put it in that and then put chicken wire over the top um, <laughs> so that nothing got in. It was just like a prison for my peas. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though, the measures you have to go to to protect. It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have do you have any plant nemeses? We've obviously talked about the red ants, but is there any plants that you just really struggle with? Um, I've kind of given up on onions, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think I had a one good year, and that was the very first year that I had my allotment. And since mm. then, yeah, they just don't really grow for me. So I don't bother. I'm, I don't mind. You know, I just let it slide. Yeah, and I do think sometimes things just aren't well suited for certain areas. Like for me, it's cauliflower and broccoli. Yeah, see, I don't even go to the sort of brassica route because I can't be bothered with all the netting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like using netting. And um, one year, quite early on again, when I had the allotment, before I had my strawberry cages, I used some netting on some strawberries and um, a robin got trapped in it oh, and no. it sort of broke my heart. Um, I managed to sort of set it free, mm-hmm. but it, it just kind of drilled into me that, you know, if you if you do use netting, just be really careful and make sure it's taut, that there's no yeah. edges that, you know, things can get their feet in and stuff. So, but yeah, I also, yeah, I just can't be bothered with all the butterfly whites and the caterpillars and they take up a bit of space. So yeah, yeah. brassicas aren't one that I really grow much of, to be honest. I only really grow cabbages because they're the only thing 
but then quite often they get disseminated by the caterpillars and the mm. butterfly but um the cabbages not cabbages cauliflowers and broccoli for me it either gets eaten or it bolts and mm. it bolts so early on that I'm like I can't even be bothered to try again oh no <laughs> it's these things that cause little heartbreaks but so um... yeah but then I think it's just about adapting to like what grows well for you in your space yeah. and, that and you... sometimes and sometimes that does take time doesn't it to sort of figure out what grows well on your plot um, how the light falls how where the wetter areas are where you can get away with growing damp damper loving crops and yeah it does all take time you know yeah and I'm still learning about mine <laughs> but is it like an exciting process and I just love taking inspiration from what other people have done as well especially when you can kind of see that they maybe have similar conditions to you <laughs> mm, no definitely yeah um one of the things that I absolutely loved growing last year which was inspired by you was the straw flowers those <laughs> stunning baubles that everyone was loving oh they were so fun to grow and make yeah they're um, such a good plant and they go on forever but I remember being sat with my one of my friends in my flat and we were making these paper mache um baubles to stick them on because I didn't have like anything round to stick the flowers on and in my head, I was like, we're making an entire tree's worth of these baubles. <laughs> we spent like three hours making these paper mache um, balls to, for the, to stick the flowers on. And then left them overnight to dry. The next day, got the glue gun out and was like ready to make. I just about covered one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I like, we spent all this time and I've got enough flowers for one. <laughs> oh, no. See, I did quite the opposite. And I did that thing of, you know, it was the first time growing it. And, oh, I don't know if it's going to, like, germinate. So I got the yeah. seed back in. I just chucked it all in, you know. And then what do you know? Oh, I've got 2,000 straw flowers I'm growing. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, luckily that year I had a new raised bed. So I had quite a lot of straw flowers. And it got to the point where I was almost a little bit sick of them. But oh, I did really? Yeah, I just because you have to keep cutting them don't you for, for yeah. them to, you know, to keep producing and uh, there was just straw flowers everywhere at home <laughs> I can imagine it did mean that um I could make quite a few baubles and um it was really fun and I thought this year I wasn't going to grow them again mm -hmm. but I placed a seed order because I didn't have the squashes that I wanted to grow and I uh, saw this you know the straw flowers on the website and I thought oh they've got uh, a red one and oh there's a pink one and lo and behold I've, I've got straw flowers and they're already um in the compost now so <laughs> it's another straw flower year <laughs> they are easy to grow as well like they they don't need a lot of I don't even know why I've sown mine in trays this year because they would have done just as well if I chucked them out yeah. but I've got um white like a pale pink and like a brighter pink to go mm. along with the wedding flowers this year Ooh. and I'm very excited about it Oh, that's gonna be cool yeah yeah I'm looking forward to a whole new year of flowers me too I feel like the spring tulips and muscari and daffodils have just like brightened what felt like quite a long dark deep winter yeah I've still got so many of my tulips still to come they're just budding up now and I don't know if they're a bit late but um yeah I'm just looking forward to all of them just coming up soon it's gonna be awesome yeah I think I've probably the last ones are have probably bloomed like since I've not been there this mm. week but I've had so many amazing displays at home and like playing with them in vases it's just I've really enjoyed them like I've never really been a big tulip fan but I think until you've grown your own you don't really know quite how special the varieties are and the blooms are so much bigger than the ones you see mm. in the supermarket and so much more vivid colours and yeah really and decorative and yeah there's so many to choose from isn't there and you yeah. just, it's too easy to get carried away. <laughs> Definitely. Do you have do you have a favorite thing to grow? A favorite thing? You're not even what? narrowing it down for me. Well, you, I was gonna go favorite flower, but then I was like, oh, but I want to know the veg as well. Maybe you go <laughs> pop three to five of each. Uh, okay, let's go for flower. Um, I'm not gonna be predictable and say dahlia. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, I love my dahlias. Um, how about a few new ones that I'm growing yes because I, I love nasturtiums mm -hmm. and they're kind of overrunning my plot but in a great way I love them um but I, this year I'm growing nasturtium purple emperor oh which is a new one for me so it's pink 
but I think it's one of those that changes colour. So it might be purple one day and then a week later it might be soft pink. I don't know. So I'm quite excited for that one. Um, and it trails as well. So I might do some sort of hanging thing. I've got a big sort of um, trellis. I call it a trellis. It's an old fence panel. <laughs> um, and it's got a few gaps where I've got a climbing rose that hasn't quite reached. So I'm thinking I might have some trailing nasturtiums down the back. So that that's sounds amazing i i need them can i ask you where you got the seeds from because i need them. i placed two orders at the same time it could have been chilton maybe i'll have a look i'll have a look at my packets thank you um they would be perfect for my show garden because oh, it has to oh be all edible yeah hampton oh my god congratulations that is thank so exciting you. have you got any little teasers we can we can find out well there will be some nasturtium purple empress <laughs> um I hadn't thought about it to be fair but why not (laughs) because if you have any recommendations on anything any edible flowers or veg to include I've got my plans fairly set but there's a few spaces where I just needed to leave myself a bit of thought space in case there was something else I was like that's Mm -hmm. the one um so I'm kind of collaborating with our local plastic free um sort of charity organisation, Plastic Free North Devon, who I've worked with um, in my actual job for a while. Mm. Um, so one of their big campaigns is called Protect Our Playground, and it's all about kind of looking after the environment we live in, for, not just for the kids, but for ourselves. Um, and so like beach cleaning, reducing our single-use plastic, and kind of making the most of what we already have, like mm. repurposing things and reusing, the very typical kind of reuse, recycle, refuse, messaging mm-hmm. um so I'm trying to incorporate quite a lot of that into the garden so it'll all be um either pots and things that have been donated by the community things that I already owned or um that have been found on beach cleans around my local area oh wow that's really awesome and there'll be lots of herbs sweet uh-huh. and savory lots of edible flowers like a lot of edible flowers mm-hmm. and then may or may not be a teepee who knows oh sweet pea tp well it has to be edible so oh god yeah the sweet peas were had to be vetoed but i've got so an, an edible pea yes i've Ooh. i've got some cool varieties um some that people on instagram have sent me who didn't know what it was for at the time um so i'm very excited to just have a bit of accumulation of um lots of other people's kind of Oh, if it were okay. enjoy. Okay, whilst we're on the subject of peas, yeah. Um, how about one of my favourites that I haven't actually got the seeds for this year, and I don't know if I'm going to be growing, but it's called Rosacrone. Have you heard of that? No. Ro R O S A K R O N E. Last year, I got. I think I got them from real seeds, and mm. they grow in a really unusual way. So all the flowers. Okay, no, they grow like a pea, but they flower in like a crown shape. So you get loads of flowers in like a ring almost. Oh, cool. And they're like a pink and white flower and the peas taste great. And um, that was just a really beautiful one to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I'm that sounds it. perfect. Yeah, look it up. See if you can get some seeds. Good luck because I don't know. Yeah, they're quite quite scarce. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've kind of gone back to basics this year, I think. Um, I, I have too. The hot back to the humble things that I know grow well yeah and um I recently did like my 100th YouTube video in which I sort of stepped back in time to see how the plot looked in the very beginning and I don't know if that pulled it a few heartstrings but I'm just going back to the varieties that I sort of grew way back when and you know going back to sort of like your gardener's delight and your Kelvin wonder pea and um just just going back you know I there's times when you try the really fun and wacky ones like purple potatoes and rainbow colored this and that and it all looks great on the gram you know but yes. also does it taste good <laughs> and um yeah I'm just I'm just going back to some of the basics this year but still growing some of my favorites um and there's a cosmos if you still want suggestions yes <laughs> my favorite cosmos is called seashells and if you imagine like a foxglove flower, mm-hmm. how it's got that sort of trumpet kind of fluted shape. 
Um, it has those all the way around it. And I just love them. And they come in like a mix of pinks and whites. I had one of, I had one plant that was this and it wasn't, I had not sewn it on purpose, but it had those trumpet shaped petals. Mm. And I, I actually just thought it was like a, like a, a bit of a deformity. Like I didn't realise that it was a variety that you could buy. I was like, this is just yeah. one that's crossbred and this, but it was <laughs> stunning. Yeah, I loved it. And there was one in particular that was like a soft pink within the mix and the foliage was really kind of bluey green, almost like that eucalyptus kind of colour. And that combination, I love sort of silvers and pinks together. And I absolutely yes. love it. And just the, the little trumpet flower, I don't know what it is, but it just reminds me of like foxgloves when the bees go in it. And is it just me that wants to put the finger inside a, a foxglove flower when you know you really shouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> As children, you're like, don't touch the flowers. Um, and I think it just has a bit of that sort of childlike sort of nostalgia with it. I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm going to be growing a lot of Cosmos this year. And also as a backup in case my dahlias don't come through because it was the first winter that rather than lifting them, I just mulched them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, for a few reasons, mainly time saving and space saving in the polytunnel, the tubers get so big <laughs> and I can't keep putting them up and splitting them. <laughs> um, so, I, so I mulched them. And um, I mean, it's fingers crossed it's been fairly mild winter. Mm-hmm. And my soil is pretty free draining, but um, yeah, I've just got to hope they come through. Otherwise, it's all just going to be cosmos. And you know what? I'm, I might be okay with that. <laughs> mm, cosmos is like a majestic, wafty. Um, I'm loving the sounds of this one with the bluey green foliage. Again, mm. like that would be fab for the wedding because it's very mm. much pink and eucalyptus is the theme. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's definitely a good one. Mm. On the nasturtiums as well, um, my mum got some seeds a little while back maybe when she went to like um the lost gardens of heligan that are the blue pepe ones with the really they're like bluey they're almost like petrol blue oh, is that the one that they grow for like um cutting to put in salads it's like oh, a really one. I, possibly I mm. um it looks really cool it's still got the red flowers but it's just like that really gorgeous like bluey greeny i love that steel bluey yeah yeah oh yeah need to get some of them now I feel like the nasturtiums you you like I've only ever really grown the classic red and yellow ones Mm. which I'm not the biggest red and yellow fan no same Um, my color palette's quite pink white purple but I do have a dominating nasturtium area underneath the carrot bed but the bees love it so you know and they they do look great the way they just kind of like take over Mm. Um, and she grows veg at her Hampton Court Palace allotment had the most stunning nasturtium display <laughs> so I feel like definitely need to take the inspiration from that mm. and it's oh, cool because the leaves are edible and the flowers are edible and you can do like pestos and then you've got the seed pods that are also edible like there's so many different like tastes and textures you can get from that one yeah plant that actually I've only ever really grown it's like a sacrificial plant for the aphids <laughs> Mm. <laughs> whereas this year I want them to not touch the nasturtiums yeah they're quite peppery aren't they yeah very interesting mm. but I do love an edible flower because I just think they look they look so good but the nasturtiums are the, the one of the few that I think really adds taste <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm kind of going to be growing something that's <laughs> on the extreme side of not edible this year <laughs> um, have you heard of the ricinus plant no so you got to bear in mind my allotment is a place for me just to indulge my plant habits and Mm -hmm. (laughs) love of different plants not just edibles and um, I quite like tropical plants um so like your cannas and big leafy foliage Mm -hmm. and um I've started following a guy on YouTube what's his name tropical gardener he's but he's not based not too far away I think he's in Lincolnshire and um, basically, I want to grow this ricinus plant, which is very um, not toxic, poisonous if you eat it. So um, I might just keep that very far away from all the edible plants, but it's going to be quite a spectacular statement plant if I can get it to grow well. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every year you have to grow something that's a bit like out there, a bit different. Yeah. Try something different. Um, but yes, I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to cut off the seed pods <laughs> before they drop or anything and um, just treat it with a lot of caution. You can know? you spell that for me so I can Google it? 
Um, Ricinus, so R-I-C-I-N-U-S. But yeah, definitely not one to grow, by the way, guys, if you have young children or animals, because I think all of it is is quite bad. <laughs> oh, wow. That is yeah. cool. That's the thing with my allotment, because the babies, I do, I won't, I can't even grow foxglove or anything, because I just, no, yeah, I'm just a bit nervous. <laughs> Although they're, they're actually really good at not picking things. Unless mm. it's a carrot, they don't tend to pull too much out of the ground. Yeah, so this one might be one in a pot, right down in the seating area, you know, where I have my jungle vibe plants. Definitely. I am really getting into the tropicals this year. After going to Surreal Succulents the other day mm. and like walking around the gardens where it's all like super tropical, I just feel like I'm a little bit obsessed. <laughs> I've, oh, I've got something else I want to talk about on that subject. Um, your living roof thing. Oh. <laughs> yes. So you know how I mentioned right at the beginning that I've got a leaky roof? Yes. I'm thinking, is this an opportunity to oh my uh, goodness. make my shed even more epic? Yes. <laughs> and put a living roof on the roof. That um, would be amazing. So, yeah, I might be picking your brains for that one. What sort of plants did you put in yours? Yeah, so I've got... Um, it's a bit random because it started off with kind of some plants that I had from elsewhere. So I've got a winter savory herb in there for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, a thyme plant. And I did have oregano, but I just took that out the other day. Uh, and then I've got a really small dianthus, like an mm-hmm. alpine type yeah. variety. I've got two sempervivans. One of them is more of a greeny colour and one of them is more of a reddy colour. Mm-hmm. I've got... Um, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Sagifrata? Uh, Saxifrage? Saxifrage? That's the one. Yeah, um, no, I've no. got that in white and pink and mm-hmm. another white that was meant to be dark pink, but the place who sold it to me had the wrong label in the plant. Oh, that's a common thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's fine because it's still beautiful. Um, and then I've obviously got my succulents that I bought when I went to visit Surreal Succulents. So I've got um a medusa mm-hmm. which is like red with a greeny center and like kind of stripes along the leaves i've got milky way which is stunning it's almost like a unicorn succulent and it's Ooh. like a really milky purpley color and it almost looks like if you sprinkled glitter over it that it would be like a sky constellation i imagine that's why, why it's called milky way wow that's, that's cool what was that again uh, Milky Way. I shall have a look. That's a really pretty one. And then I've got one that's it's almost white. It's like a really pale grey. Um, but I've never seen a succulent in that colour, which is gorgeous. There's one that's like a reddy, greeny, quite dramatic one that I've said the name of earlier. Maybe Durango. Hmm, um, okay. I, I only learned these supplement names while I was videoing them <laughs> yeah, for about so, an hour. Yeah, they're not really my thing. So I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, if I could make a living roof out of that, it'd just be another, a whole new sort of entity and yeah. habitat. And, and this, like, the, I, I've, I've just got into the succulents because I had to succulents on the podcast and then I saw them at show, the show, well, I saw them at the shows, had them on the podcast and then I went to see them. Um, but you can put them in with so many other cool rock plants and things. So, like, I really love those Erigeros Kavinskianus. Oh, God, yes. That's that would look beautiful on the roof. Flowery roof. Oh, man, like edging yeah. over the front door. That would be awesome. Wow. Okay. That would be so mm. cool. And I feel like there's – I always want to just pull them out of the rocks. You know, when you walk along, like, a rocky road and there's the little flowers growing out of the rocks, I feel like that would be cool, like, just trailing over the edge. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's loads of places that do really, really cool like alpine and rock plants. Some of mine came from Golden Valley plants mm. um, and I had quite a cool collection selection from them. And they weren't plants that I necessarily would have chosen. Um, but they when I planted them all up, they just looked epic together. And I was really excited because I did them in a in like a steel trough before. And then obviously okay. they've been relocated. But mm-hmm. I think the living roof on that shed would be the one yeah thing is you won't really be able to see it unlike yours which is on top of your was it a workstation or a it's a water but that was it yeah yeah so um I was your roof on a slant at all yeah well I guess I could would see it 
So what we did in hours, right? Um, hours, mine and my brother's. My yeah. brother's not really into plants at all, but he's like DIY extraordinaire. So he helped me. But it looks like it's a flat um, surface. So it's level and the whole bed is level, but inside the floor is on a slant. So at the front, it's much deeper than it is at the back because we've put a bit of in. So you could potentially like put more of an angle on the roof with putting some kind of like wooden floor type thing in. Yeah. That could be a potential to see more. I guess I probably would see it. I'm just trying to remember how I look at, you never look at the roof of your shed. (laughs) (laughs) And if you look at, I, d- oh, I might even have a video I can send you later, but Surreal Succulents, they have a living roof over their shop mm. at the nursery. And from really close up, you can't see it. But then as you walk around the gardens, you see more and more from different angles. Mm. And it, it feels a bit more like a hidden gem because you are you don't necessarily see it all from the same angle. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess because like, my roof's like that shape, it's like an upside down V. Yeah, I think you would see quite a lot of it. Yeah, I would. I just even if you only did one side. Yeah, mind you, not seeing not seeing it is isn't the most important thing. It's just uh, be good for the insects, won't it? Really good. I think it would be a really fun project. Mm, yeah, I'm just not very good with the DIY, so if I could <laughs> rope my boyfriend in to help that one as well. <laughs> I'll come up and I'll bring Owen with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's turn that up. There we go. I, I wasn't a big fan of the DIY, but I feel like I get more and more into it as the time goes on. I just got this um, saw thing. Mm-hmm. Like a, I, I'm, I'm going to call it a circular saw. It might not be a circular saw, but it's a battery one, so I can use it at the allotment. And for like cutting wood, instead of hand sawing, it mm. just cuts everything really quickly. And Owen says it's actually not that good, but yeah. for me, it is a game changer because <laughs> I have no power. Yeah, no, I've I've not tried any sort of tool like that in terms of on the allotment um don't have any power sort of wood tools um mm. but yeah I think what like what you're saying you you gain more confidence the more you do these sort of things don't you Definitely. and just gonna give it a go and um yeah I, I didn't think the shed had come out as well as it has but miraculously you know my design idea worked and came out and um yeah I think it. that's half the fun of it as well as you make it work even if it's not quite working how you anticipate Mm. yeah and you kind of find faults or ways you can improve it along the way as well like you you can't just expect it to come out straight away overnight you know how you want it there's always room for maneuvers and tweaking and changing things Definitely. like the whole process is isn't it <laughs> yeah well I think that you would very much enjoy making a living roof your <laughs> DIY project <laughs> oh watch this space yeah it's kind of like yeah I've either got to replace the um the felting and maybe even the wood I don't know how bad the leak is at the minute Mm. Um, so yeah watch this space (laughs) see what happens that would be a fantastic YouTube video (laughs) oh we've still got the rest of spring and summer to come it's kind of like these sort of projects are usually like the winter ones yeah you know definitely commit a lot of time to something like that but um yeah we will see even if you just think about it over the summer and then yeah autumn winter it's a good a good project but because then especially because you'll see it really come to life like I'm glad that I've planted mine now because I'm hoping that it will grow quite a lot and have a good time in the summer Mm. um because it's not too late I hope for the plants to go on but yeah the idea of having all that original on on the roof yes amazing (laughs) flower that's meant to be like the hardiest thing to kill yeah I did kill mine last year I bought some at Chelsea flower show three pots of it I don't know what I did wrong but it just did not like where I planted it you over loved it you gave it all your love and nurturing probably but now that I've got a living roof I need some more because it will thrive in the living (laughs) roof (laughs) perfect environment (laughs) definitely oh well thank you so much for chatting I've had the best time this has been great I've loved it thank you so much for having me um and before you go can you just let people know where they can find you on Instagram on YouTube for all of your wonderful allotment adventures you can find me at homegrown.garden that's me perfect and I can't wait to see spring and summer unfold (laughs) thank you so much Shannon it's just been great I've really loved it 
I love all podcast guests, but it's always extra special when it's someone who you followed on Instagram for such a long time and just watched their journey unfold. Katrina's inspired me to grow so many different things over the years, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she's got to share this year. So make sure you check her out on Instagram and YouTube at homegrown.garden. And that's all. If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your gardening questions and stories on Instagram at diaryofaladygardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! <laughs>